project Taryag day 40 and we're starting with Mitzvah Resh Mem Ches Mother Hatama. The Chinuch gives an introduction and there is the principle of what's called the Lav Shebichlalus which means when the Torah brings in one Pasuk a number of different Yisurim, a number of different Lavim and they all learn from the same words. The passage in question it says Adam, don't eat on blood. And as you're going to see, there are a number of different interpretations of what the Isur the Torah is referring to is. Now, the principle of the Gemara tells us that when there is no Malchus on the Lab Shabikhlarus. In other words, the Torah when it wants to punish and it has to warn specifically about one of the actions that are punishable and not generalize and give a general idea which would incorporate many different concepts. However, in this specific case of the Teichlan Adam, the Rambam learns that it is counted as a mitzvah in its own right because we're going to see later on in the Torah that the Torah gives a penalty for somebody called a ben or a murderer, the Torah gives a punishment for a child or who's just becoming an adult, but who spends his days eating and drinking in the way which is going to lead, so to speak, we worry, to a certain uh, moral decay and will eventually land up in living a sinful life. And the Torah says you punish him now when he's young, and where's the source for the issue that he's been overrun? So that's one of the main interpretations of this pasuk, and it is Latakh Ladam don't eat in a way which will machive your yourself a punishment. So don't eat in a way which will so to speak cause you to lose your your life or in this case your blood. And if that's the case, even though normally a lab which is a general lab, a lab shibhlaris isn't counted as a mitzvah, says the Rambam, since in this case the Torah attaches a punishment to the lav. So therefore over here it can be counted as one of the mitzvahs. The Ramban disagrees. The Ramban learns that we can never count a lav shemichlodus in the count of the mitzvahs. And as well as that he learns that the Torah would never rely on the general prohibition to give a punishment. And therefore he looks for a different source for the punishment that the Ben Sarah gets. In truth, there are really two punishments, as we'll see in the story of Ibn Sarah of Mara. There's the first punishment he gets, which is Malchus, and the second punishment, which he gets if he repeats the same lifestyle, which is Misa. So therefore, according to, this, according to the Rambam, this love of the Tehla Adam is counted in the Minyan Mitzvahs, even though it incorporates many things, because, at least for the Ibn Sarah of Mara, this is the source of his punishment, and therefore has to be counted as a love in its own right. A number of other things which are included in this mitzvah is it's also to eat from an animal even after shechita until it's fully died. The same thing, a person is not allowed to eat meat of kodshim, of the sacrifices before the zrika, before the blood has been thrown in the mizbech. Similarly, the rocha is that a bastin who is judging a capital case aren't allowed to eat while they're discussing whether to kill somebody or not. Same thing that Allah is, a person is not meant to eat in the morning before he's davened Shachris. 
which he has done for his himself, his own life, that's the Torah of Adam. And lastly, that there isn't a Suda of Avelim, the meal that the mourner sat down to after the funeral for somebody who was killed by the Bastin. The underlying re- reason for all these mitzvahs, the Chenacht explains to us, that most of various that people do happen because he's overeaten first. Like the Pasuk says, Vayishman Yeshurun Vayivat. When Chayishol get fat, get too involved in eating, then that causes them to rebel. And the reason for this, he brings the Chazal, that Malay Kreis is in Ibishi, when a person's stomach is full, so to speak, that's when he starts doing bad deeds. Why? So he says in his words, the fish Amazonism is a Sachoimer, his bonus by Muscle of Yerus, the Kim with Vosov, whom is a Sanefesh. The food, so to speak, provides the nutrients for the body, as opposed to thinking, learning Torah or thinking about Yerus Shemaim, which provides the food for the Neshama. The body and the Neshama, spirituality and physicality, are absolute opposites. And if that's the case, when one of them gets more nutrients, gets stronger, to some extent it weakens the other one. And therefore when a person overeats, so he's strengthening the koyach of his body over his neshama, and that can be the catalyst for many avaris. And therefore he says the meaning of the chachomim was not to eat more than they needed to, in order to maintain the health or to stay alive, the energy, like the Pasuk says, Tzadik Oichel Nafsha. If Tzadik eats, it's to satisfy his nefesh, which means his ability to stay alive. And therefore the Torah prevents us from being involved to an excess in eating and drinking, because that's just going to cause the nature of our physical bodies to get stronger, until we, as a result, we lose our connection to our neshama. And in the case of the Ben Seirah of Meira, he says specifically a person, when his body is at its strongest, and at the beginning of the time when he's as a Bar to be focused on developing his Neshama, so Dafka then, the excess of physicality and the, the infatuation with Gashmis, with eating, is what's going to be the most damaging. And that's why the Torah then punishes as well for the severe. And from a person who starts off, so to speak, his adult life correctly, so that will provide a roadmap for him for his whole life. Because a person has to interact with food his whole life. And how he, how he relates to it and how he uses or misuses it is going to provide, the, so to speak, the ground rules for what's going to be in the future. Regarding the Ben Seirah so the Mishnah tells us that the Ben Seirah can only be in a period of time between 13 years old and 3 months to 13 years old and 6 months. And in order to be over, he has to eat dafka, red meat and drink wine. And even the meat and the wine that he eats and drinks has to be a certain size and it has to be eaten in a way which is not properly cooked, it's partially cooked, or the wine hasn't been properly mixed with water, it's only been partially mixed, and he has to have stolen the money from his parents 
in order to buy this food, and he eats it in a setting of other people who are all similar to himself, and it's not been eaten as part of a Surah's Mitzvah, and at the same time, it's not that he's eating Isr, food which is forbidden to eat, or eating at a time when it's forbidden to eat. It explains because after these foods, meat and wine, are what draws a person's nefesh the most, connects him the most to food, and the setting is such that he's not he's doing a different area, which you might feel remorse about. In such a case, then the halacha is his two parents have to bring him to Bastin, they warn him, give him malchus, and if he would then repeat exactly the same thing again, the second time around Bastin would, would kill him. The many restrictions in when, when it's possible for a child to be a bin Sayyidina for example, the Gemara learns that both of his parents have to be um, able to speak, able to walk, able to see him, able to hear him. They have to bring him together to Bastin. It could even be they have to have a similar voice. And that's why the Gemara has an opinion which says that with all the conditions to fulfill, was it ever a real case where the Ben Sayyidina happened? And the Gemara says, according to the first opinion, that there wasn't. Nevertheless, this mitzvah applies in Eretz Yisrael when the best could judge capital cases. And we're only applied to boys, not to girls. And if all these conditions are fulfilled, then Basin will have to punish him as is the din of a Ben Sayyidina. Mitzvah Reish Memtes. And the Apostle says, Lo yitzu or says later on in Devarim, Lo yimotu b'cho, a person is a menachash. A menachash is trying to predict the future based on signs that one sees now. And for example, the Gemara says, if a person is eating and the bread falls out of his mouth, he's going on a journey and he gets stopped by an animal or by a bird. Or based on uh, what he, a crow would pull out over his head, based on what happens to him, he tries to say, this is this is a good sign, this is a bad omen, and will act based on such uh, ideas or signs he's made for himself. And the Torah says, this is also the reason for the Yisr. says, the Chinuch, the Vishen Yonim Eidahim Divrash Yigon, the Sikhus Kumar. These things are complete, complete idiocy, stupidity, and therefore, for the holy nation, it's not appropriate for them to get misled by such shaker. Also, the second reason the Chinuch says, there is a reason to turn a person away from Hashem and come to Kfir, come to some kind of denial of Imana, because the person who wants to predict what's going to happen to him, based on such signs, sees everything as being some kind of nature or some kind of cause and effect. And K'nai Yisrael, it's right for us to know and to remember Whatever happens is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides should happen. And when Hashem decides, it's based on what a person did. That's the Pazakh says, aren't meant to be involved in Nachash in this kind of predicting or divinating the future. This mitzvah or this Esra applies in every place in time, both to men and to ladies. When a person's over in it and does make decisions based on Nachash, based on these kind of predictions of what the future is going to hold. So if you do it with a case where he was warned not to and there would be Adim, then Basin could give him Marcus for that. If we have a Basin who is entitled to judge 
in these cases, which means the basis of smachim. Mitzvah Reish Nun, there is not to be ma'oinen. The Bible says, Lo ta'oineinu. The way the Chinuch explains this mitzvah or this isur is a person shouldn't look for different times, which are oinos, in order to decide when to do certain activities. So, for example, it says this is an appropriate time, this is an inappropriate time, and a person who makes, makes decisions on, so to speak, that kind of calculation is over in this isur. Besides this, the Chinuch brings a second concept which is also incorporated into this lab, and that is not to act in a way which fools people into thinking one's doing something which is not possible. So, such as uh, someone who wants to show that he's doing magic, for example, and he can work quickly with his hands, the Chinuch says, in a way which people's eyes can't catch, and therefore they don't re- that it looks like he's doing something impossible. Whereas it's just the quickness of his hand movements which hides the sequence of events from the onlookers. He goes on to examples of people who tie her up and take out a snake, people throw up a coin and extract it from somebody's mouth, or things which magicians could do. And even though this isn't real Kishof, like the Chinuch explains, but nevertheless, being Oichaz Sinai, which means doing things which seem to catch a person's eye and it looks like he's doing impossible or supernatural things would be included in this issue. Real Keshav, which means dealing with negative spiritual forces, is punishable by death. That's a different issue. But this issue of Achizah Senaim, so to speak, uh, doing magic, what's called, is punishable with Malchus as part of this lab. The reason why the Torah asks these things, so with the first part of the issue, which means not to try and base decisions on time or on events. That's part of the Chinuch right beforehand. That's a civil for people to see the world as having natural cause and effect and will cause them to become a kaifer in the fact that Hashem Zashkacha, He's running the world. And even the second part of the Isr, and that is not to act in a way which fools people into thinking He's doing something abnormal, he explains, The people think that it's possible to do things which are physically impossible. If that's the case, they get used to accepting uh, non-reality. And this could cause them then to make a mistake about the, the, what's possible for people to do and not possible for people to do what's in the realm of people's actions, what's in the realm of what Hashem needs to do, and confusion in these concepts can bring a person to a virus. This iser applies in every place in time, both to men and to ladies. If a person is over and tells other people what times are appropriate or what's in a good occasion to do something and he'll have success, so there's no punishment for giving advice, but for the person who takes the advice and acts on it, so he's now done an act based on this issue of being of finding favorable times for things, and therefore he will be Chayv Malkus. Mitzvahation and Arif, and that is not to circle the head, so to speak, to cut the hairs on the sides of the head, and to don't circle the hairs on the sides of the head, and therefore it looks like the whole hair is one round, so to speak, circle. The reason for this mitzvah, the Rambam explains, 
is that was the way that the priests of the Vodazara used to cut their hair, and some places still do cut their hair. And therefore, since Hashem doesn't want us to have any connection to Vodazara, especially not something as a sign in our bodies of something which was symbolic of the way that idol worshippers used to appear or used to cut their hair, used to act, if that's the case, then a person also to do similarly. Even though this would only apply, so to speak, to cutting the hairs in the sides of one's head, which would result in the hair looking like a circle, if a person would shave off all the hairs of his head, says so a Gemara that's also considered part of this Isser, an extension of it, even though that's something that's not necessarily what the priests of the Vajrasara would do. So Isser applies both to the person who's shaving or cutting the hairs of another Jew, or the person whose hair is being cut, if he would move his head in order to accommodate the person who's giving him the haircut. But we have similar also for an adult to give a haircut to a Jewish child like that. And the issue will only apply according to Rambam, the shear of 40 hairs above the ears where this issue would apply to. The issue doesn't mean only if it's shaving that area with a tar, with a razor, even if a person cuts the hair, they're much shorter. And it's not the shear of a hair, which is the fact that it can be bent to meet its own base, then this issue would apply as well. This mitzvah only applies to men, because the Torah connects, not circling the head, to the next mitzvah, which is not to destroy the beard, and then only applies to men. And therefore, it's also for a man either to be the barber or to be the one getting the haircut, whereas for a lady, it would be mutter to cut her hair in such a way. However, it would be also for a lady to cut a man's hair like that, even, even a boy's hair like that, because of the issue that the person's hair, whose hair is being cut is being over. Avadim, slaves, even though normally they have mitzvahs like women do, but since this mitzvah isn't in the halachic category of what men are chayv as opposed to what women are chayv, it's more in the practical category that it only applies to a person who can grow a beard, then a male avid would be chayv in this mitzvah as well. This is one of the three exceptions of the mitzvah's lota, I say, that women are part of from. If a person cuts the hairs on the one side of his head, it's chayv malchus, and if you go and cut the hairs on the other side of his head, it will be chayv a second time malchus, which means even though the effect is only complete after both, the Pasuk says that in each corner of the head is another iser. Nevertheless, the iser, the mitzvah in the Torah is only counted as one, since this one learned from one Pasuk and refers only to one action. Mitzvah, relation and base, and the continuation of the Pasuk, and that is not to destroy the pa'as hazok in the corners of the beard. The Pasuk says, Now, Chazal tell us that there are five corners to the beard. The Chinuch places them as being the bottom of the top jaw and the top of the bottom jaw. On the right and on the left, that's four. And the, point, the place of the, the center of the chin, where the two sides of the face meet, that's number five. And the, the reason the Torah words it, don't cut the corners of your, of your beard, as opposed to don't cut your beard, because this way a person will be chayv on cutting any one of these five corners, not just if he shaves his whole beard at once. And therefore, if a person will cut all five corners, he will be chayv five malchus. Nevertheless, it's all called one mitzvah in the Torah because it's one action which is done from one pasuk. The reason for this mitzvah, the Chinuch says, is the same as the previous one, 
and that is that the nature of the priests of the idolatry was to cut, to shave their beards, similar to some religions today, and therefore the Torah doesn't want us to try to emulate them. Since the choice of the Torah's word of the Tashkis is done to destroy, the Gemara learns that only if a person would shave with a razor, which completely destroys the hair, he'd be Chayav Malkus. If a person would use scissors, then he would not be Chayav Malkus. If the scissors also do a very neat, close cut, it would be also to do. And if the scissors leave the hairs and just cut the edges of the hair, then it would be mutter completely. Similarly, the Chinuch says, based on his understanding, it would be mutter to, for a person to shave the moustache, because that's for sure not one of the five corners of the beard, the way he counted them. Nevertheless, there were those opinions that he brings himself, who were machmer on that as well. This mitzvah applies in every place in time, only to men. Ladies, are, if they would grow a beard, would be allowed to shave it completely. As we said previously, since this is for a physical reason, not a halachic one, male avodim would be chayv in this mitzvah as well. Mitzvah ration of gimel, and that is not to put a tattoo into one's body. Which literally means writing which has been injected or cut into the body is also to do. And therefore the Gemara tells us that if a person would cut the skin but he wouldn't inject ink or something else which you could see writing or a person would write on the surface of the skin without causing, without injecting it or cutting the skin for the ink to go inside, to seep inside he wouldn't be high on this issue. The reason for the mitzvah Again, the Chinuch explains from the Rambam, this is one of the Nyanei the Zara that they used to do, and make symbols on their bodies, and therefore the Torah forbids us from doing it. It doesn't make a difference where on the person's body he wants to put it into, whether it's a place which is open or normally covered by clothing, that's all also. This answer applies both to men and to women, in every place and every time, and in the person who's over in this, and writes even one letter, so to speak, with the tattoos it into his body, and he's Chayav Malchus for an action, and if somebody else is doing it for him, so then the person who is receiving the tattoo will only get Malchus if he helped, so to speak, the other person by moving around or being in a certain position to enable the other person to put the tattoo onto him. Otherwise, he hasn't done an action, and therefore we can't Chayav Malchus, even though it's for sure also to do.